No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. It's Wednesday night here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, Land Brand No Name Crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on DLive, and there's going to be some wine and crackers tonight, let me assure you. Let's go. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there. I hope you had a wonderful day because I certainly did. And as always, so much to get through and so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast Ring player. The bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the subscription, Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy. Where did you steal the sub, Gypsy? Probably from Russia. Thank you for joining us. Uh, become a full-time, uh, sub, you know, subscribe to the podcast, whatever, whatever, mate. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, then you can do so by following me at Boogie Bumper. Daddy Poop in a chat. Turn on the lights. I do have lights. You see how the lights are. I have the lights focused on the things behind me, though, to create this ambiance. Coffee Talk Sandra with the diamond. Thank you so much for the diamond. Coffee Talk with Sandra. Follow Coffee Talk with Sandra, by the way. DLive.tv slash Coffee Talk with Sandra. Happy hump day. Happy hump day, everybody. It's not hump day for me. Like, the, the shift that I work, it's like the day before Friday for me. So it's a totally different vibe. I, hump day was yesterday, but happy hump day to you. Speaking of the uh, lighting, <laughs> JJ Stoner, we love the, we love JJ Stoner here on this show. So JJ, JJ's now started a bit of a trend, people complaining about the lighting. If you're new here, <laughs> I've, I've had this like set up since day one, but incidentally, I'm not far away. So let me explain to you what's been going on here at Casa de Boogie. Coffee Talk with Sandra. Oh, 17 away from 200. If you're not following Coffee Talk with Sandra. Um, okay, if, you, if you're not familiar with Coffee Talk with Sandra, she does a lot of like positive female conversation stuff. <laughs> she's nice. She's nice though. Now, if you're into positive female conversation stuff, then follow Coffee Talk with Sandra and watch a show. But even if you're not interested in that kind of thing, just give her a follow anyway. Help, you know, support the shows that support us. Help her get to 200 on DLive and then she can uh, become an affiliate. And she's, you know, a very positive member of the DLive community. So a very engaging, positive personality. <laughs> Tom, it's so dark. I think your lights aren't working. What? <laughs> so I'm Joy of Pessy, ladies and gentlemen, follow Joy of Pessy. DLive.tv slash Joy of Pessy, who has a whole... And look at, look at the timing there. There's his banner right on the screen. Coffee Talk with Sandra Boogie, I love you so much. Well, I love you too, darling. Uh, Joy of Pessy, I like your lighting. If the face matches the voice, I might get instantly pregnant upon the mere sight of you. That's exactly why I don't show my face, man. It's exactly right. 
<laughs> she can be a total bitch. That's okay. Just keep giving me diamonds. I'll keep reading it. Go off talk with Sandra. I can be a total bitch, but yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Very intimidating. <laughs> so, help our friend Coffee Talk with Sandra get to 200 followers on DLive. Only 17 away. So, on the lighting, um, so here's a little rundown of what's been happening at Casa Day Boogie. I don't often talk about like what's going on behind the scenes, but I feel like I must on this occasion. Since the lockdown started, my lovely wife, who I love dearly, my wife of many years, Lady Boogie, has been sharing the studio to do, you know, work and stuff. Not during showtime, because, you know, when she's on a call with, you know, CEOs or department heads and whatnot, she works in the corporate world. When she's on a call, she is she really dislikes having to explain. <laughs> Minister of Cun Minister of Cun. Minister of Fun Kimmy with the diamond. She intimidated you you into getting a Patreon. She did. Coffee talk with Sandra. She harassed me until I started accepting donos. And then uh, once I started accepting donos, people uh, told me that I was only doing the show to accept donos, which was a lot of fun. So we enjoyed it. <laughs> so thank you for that, Sandra. So we started sharing uh, the studio with Mrs. Boogie. Now, during the show, Mrs. Boogie, Lady Boogie, is out in a different part of the house. But the rest of the day, she's in here because this is where, like, the internet is and the computers are and it's all set up and there's desks and everything in here. I have a studio that's set up permanently for three mics and can be converted into four mics if I want to. I have on occasion had, you know, four of us in this room. No, cun, cun! <laughs> Minister of Fun, give me with a diamond. No, uh, Minister of Cun. Kimmy and Fun equals Cun. So, <laughs> now shut up, you Cun. Um, so, she's been sharing the studio for a while. And, you know, I was very open about it. Like, no, no, it's fine. You can share the studio, not a problem. And about six weeks ago, she said to me, no, you know, we've, we've got that extra spare room in a house. Maybe I'll turn it into a little office so I can get out of the studio. You know, this is your space. And I'm like, no, no, don't be silly. You can share the space with us. It's fine. Not a problem. So that was about six weeks ago. And as of about two weeks ago, I've had enough. <laughs> it's now grating on me. Because if I'm not doing the show, I'm in here like, you know, 100% of the time. I don't watch TV. I'm doing stuff like I'm clipping things or I'm doing things on the computer. I'm constantly in here. And now I've had enough. So we're moving Lady Boogie into the other room. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of this weekend. Hopefully. <laughs> Got to get rid of her. Had enough. Because it's, it's like we're working together now. I can't have that. So, <clears throat> but what I'm going to do is, um, because I've had the studio set up for like three mics for so long, it takes up basically the whole room, all the desks and shit that I have in here. I'm going to reduce it down. Uh, Greeno from the starting block doesn't, you know, come into the studio anymore. We do it remotely. Uh, the other show I was a part of, The Common Discourse, doesn't really happen much these days because people have their own things going on and there's coronavirus and whatnot. So I'm going to, you know, take the studio down so it's just a one-man operation and reorganise the desks. And I, that means I've got to unplug everything and plug everything back in. But when I do that, it'll probably be bye-bye to the camera. Just letting you know. <clears throat> it'll be bye-bye camera, bye-bye bad lighting... <laughs> And it's, it's got nothing, it's honestly got nothing to do with the bad lighting. It's just where the desk is going to go. I'm not going to be able to get the angle that I prefer. 
And to be honest, I've never been big on cameras anyway. I really don't care about that kind of thing. You know, I'm not here trying to be fucking famous or anything like that. And I've always been a more audio-focused, you know, podcaster. I've always been a radio guy, not a television guy, so... Coffee Talk with Sandra. No! <laughs> like, I don't need it. And, you know, if if you're a listener to this show or you're a viewer of this live stream, you know, if you need the camera, then I don't need you. You know what I mean? So so that'll be in a couple of weeks and I'll, I'll have a different setup. I'll probably have my avatar there designed by the very talented Mr. Ballysong on the screen while I do the show, but I've never been a big visual guy. That's why I really don't care about lighting and stuff like that. I'd rather you listen to what I say rather than care about how I look. So, um, you know, that's the way it's going to go. And again, I, don't, I really don't care. <laughs> it's not necessary for this show. This show is a podcast with a visual element. It's not, um, you know, it's not a, a, a wannabe television show. So, and that's the way it's always going to be. Just to let you know. So with that out of the way, uh, let me go to this, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of quick announcements to make. The Daily Boogie Boogie Stand Flag Contest is up and running. <laughs> Amberlina with the diamond. Bumpy does not approve. Bumpy will do whatever I tell him to. Bumpy will do whatever I tell him to. <laughs> Thank you, Amberlina for the diamond. I hope Bumpy's well over there in Texas. The Boogie Stand Flag Competition is up and running. This is the pin tweet on my timeline. If you want to get involved, design a flag for the great nation of Boogie Stand, the kingdom of Boogie Stand. And again, I am His Royal Highness, the King of Boogie Stand, Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for joining us here in our monarchy. <coughs> Pardon me. I'll put the link to this in the chat. But I mean, if you're too lazy for that, you can always go to my timeline. There we go. So we are running it. It's going for a couple of weeks. If you want to design a flag for the nation of Boogie Stand, there are only two rules. It must look like a quote-unquote real national flag and black has to be the dominant colour. And whoever designs the flag that we eventually go with will win a free flag. I will send you a flag from the store. We're going to sell them in the, in the merch store. So you can raise the black flag of Boogie Stan in your own time. Won't that be fun, children? Now, people have started sending through entries already. The first, the first one here from Lady Fritzer <laughs> with the mock-up of the Australian flag. Oh, God, this would offend a lot of people here. <laughs> with the Molon Larve, uh, myself in the corner. Of, like, see, it's not about me. It's about Boogie Stan. I'm, as the monarch, I'm only temporary. You know, but Boogie Stan must live on after my demise. We are working on a hierarchical system where I can hand down power to the next king. So, you know, having me on the flag kind of doesn't work. Can you wear the flag as a cape? I highly recommend you wear the Boogie Stan flag as a cape. But first, we must we must come up with a design for Boogie Stan first. And with the shopping carts there re representing the Southern Cross. Uh, this was UK Neil's entry. Beer and steak. <laughs> and he's got two pictures of me with uh, a Latin phrase. I don't know what that says in Latin. That See, this is the thing. It's a little, these are a little bit too cartoony. You know, I, like I said, it, I want it to look like a real flag. So when you fly it, people go, oh, wow, what country is that? You know, nobody's going to ask you what country that is. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. Maybe this can be our battle flag or something. 
This can be the flag that we say we fly on the war, you know, on during times of war on the battlefield. We can have that, but it can't be the the, the constant national flag. And Tom, Tom Chatelet, ladies and gentlemen, Tom in the chat. Thank you for joining us, Tom Chatelet, friend of the program. Again, a worthy effort. Actually, this is a pretty good battle flag. Going going to war over beer with the golden wreath and the frothing, frothing pint of beer there. But again, it's it's a little bit too cartoony. It's not really what I'm looking for. So take this take this constructive criticism on board. We're looking for much more, you know, realistic flag designs. <laughs> you know, the beer and steak. <laughs> and shopping carts. I mean, if you can make the shopping cart fit into a story of how a flag, you know, because like even the most boring average flag, there's a story behind the colors that they use, right? There has to have, there has to be meaning to it that isn't obvious, right? You know, like take the Japanese flag, for example, it just looks like a red circle on a white flag, but it's like, oh, the rising sun and shit like that. They have a whole backstory. We need lore to go along with the flag. Jim Enward, it looks like a Proud Boys flag. <laughs> so... We want it to look like a legit national flag that is mostly black. So, uh, unfortunately, like although I appreciate the effort, none of those will be going into the final draw. They're just a little bit too cartoony. But if you want to get involved, if you want to have a shot, take a shot at the flag design, there it is. There's the tweet. Uh, so, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, so much to get through, so little time. Let's kick it off with this. Jim Enward sent this one through. Holy shit! Coffee talk with Sandra with a ninja guinea dropping a guinea on us. How will my hand porn be satisfied? I am making the flag. Well, there you go. That'll satisfy your hand porn for one night. No gun to all hand here on this show. <laughs> we want to catch up. <clears throat> Pardon me. Oh, Kitty B already with the already with the uh, link in the chat there. Thank you so much, Kitty B. An absolute superstar with the links. We want to catch up with Alex. Jim Edwards sent this through. I haven't watched it yet. 3.3 million people have, but I haven't. Alex, I guess, has been doing a little more of the man on the street kind of stuff lately. Getting back to old school Alex with the megaphone. If, you, if you're only new to the internet, you wouldn't realize the amount. Alex has probably spent more time out on the street on the megaphone than he has in a studio. That used to be his shtick, right? Going to like George W. Bush speeches with a megaphone and harassing George W. Bush. It's amazing now because they say he's such a Republican Nazi shill. Uh, back when George W. Bush was in power, the Democrats fucking loved Alex Jones. They loved him. Which goes to show you how quickly people can turn, right? <laughs> I mean, I tweeted out the, uh, the two screenshots before from Sean King's account you know talcum x and in 2018 he was like i'll never support kamala harris her record with uh, criminal justice is appalling and then q yesterday he's like i'm so happy kamala harris has been named the vice presidential candidate she's the most progressive vp nomination we've ever had in the history of our country it's like they could turn like that man on a dime so alex jones was like you know the pinup boy of the democrats during George W. Bush's reign, but of course those times have changed. But we need to catch up with Alex because I do love this man on the street kind of shit. So let's have a look here. Let's see what Alex is up to. Jim Enward sent this through. Thank you so much, Jim. Well, I've, passed, I've been coming here since I was in uh, high school and college. 
and now you guys use your COVID hopes to like set a checkpoint up so you can take over the parks and start charging. It's unconstitutional. This is not even a city ordinance. This is a illegal power grab of the people's greenbelt, and it's time to free Austin. I I know what's taking place here. <laughs> so so what's happened is Alex has gone down to this national park where there's like some kind of walk. I heard him talking about it. I haven't seen the clip. There's some kind of like walk through the national park you can do. And I guess the city of Austin has decided to put volunteer university students at the at the top of this walk, like before you start, to take down your personal details for COVID-19, you know, conformity, right? Where do you live? What's your phone number? What's your address? Just in case somebody gets sick, which is fucking bullshit, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Very against that kind of thing. And he's right. It is unconstitutional. You're not even. You don't even have a badge. You you can't even pretend to have the authority to take somebody's fucking details. <laughs> but <laughs> imagine, imagine the, this. This must be the day of their life for these kids. Imagine meeting Alex Jones while you're earning six dollars an hour at the national park, taking down people's names. I swear, double four, double three with a diamond. Alex is looking for the llamas. <laughs> he should have them at his home on the ranch. So, so imagine you're working for the city, you're making six bucks an hour, and then the great Alex Jones turns up and starts berating you about tyranny and the Constitution. What a day. <laughs> and look, she's sitting there, she's looking at her phone. Um, I think Alex Jones is here. <laughs> I think Alex Jones just showed up. Who is he? I don't know. Some guy yelling at me about... He's yelling at me about the Revolutionary War or something. I don't know. <laughs> With a megaphone in their face. Their hair blowing back. Feeling every inch of Alex's wrath. What a fucking day. So are you These are very, very lucky children. Guys, volunteers for City Austin, who are you? Mask man. I'm alive. Who are you, mask man? <laughs> Look how casual this kid looks. I work for the city of Austin, Mr. Jones. Volunteers for the city of Austin, who are you? Mask I'm, man. I'm Mask a man. Lifeguard for Barton Springs. You're a lifeguard for Barton Springs, now part of the criminal power grab. <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'd be shitty too. But it's kind of like when you're, when you're yelling at these kids, right? And I'm not even against him yelling at the kid. Yell all you want. I don't care. They did decide to take the job in the first place, so it's on them. But it's kind of like yelling at the waiter when your steak isn't cooked properly, if that makes sense. You know, I couldn't be a waiter because if I bring out the meal and it's not to your liking and they're like, fucking waiter, get over here. The steak is undercooked. The potatoes are overcooked. This is disgusting. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be able to help myself. I'd say, I didn't fucking cook it. What are you yelling at me for? <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault I just work here bro if you want I'll take it back you fucking asshole but I didn't do it I'm not out there cooking up your steak you know what I mean it's kind of like that feel now you're part of the tyrannous power grab in the chai comms it's like uh sir uh sir did you want to like take a walk in the park today or is that why you're here with the megaphone <laughs> I just I just I just got told that I was supposed to take everybody's name down. Uh, I'm a lifeguard. 
Look, kid, this isn't me. This this isn't really what I do. Okay, I play keyboards. Alex. This is outrageous criminal activity. Outrageous. This is the seizure of the infrastructure of Austin. <laughs> it is all color. There's some, there is though something majestic about yelling into a megaphone to three children. They are true. I mean, look at them. <laughs> to yelling into a megaphone at three teenagers who are sitting there in blue shirts, uh, supposedly taking people's names down before they enter the park. Look, look, look how he's standing up to the police state. Ah. <laughs> uh. They're not even really paying attention. They're looking at their phones. They're tweeting. <laughs> the, the, the bodyguard is the base bodyguard is gone. He's left the area. I love him. I love him. See, once upon a time when Alex did this, secret service agents would race out and crash tackle him. Now he's megaphoning at the National Park to teenagers who probably don't even know who he is. It's very sad in many ways, but I still love it. The reservation is that we live in a free country. We live in America. I call for everybody out there watching. In front of the porta potty. I mean, there's someone on the phone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, sir. Sir, there's a guy down here on a megaphone. I don't know. He's screaming about America and we're part of the evil power structure that's taken over the infrastructure of America. I don't know, man. You told me when I took this job it would count as extra credit on my social science degree. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not getting paid enough for this. <laughs> Watch it. The time for civil disobedience is here. I want this removed tonight. COVID-19 is a power grab hoax. COVID-19 Oh, give it a finger. Is that your IQ? One finger? APD just did it. <laughs> is that your IQ? One finger? Boom, shakalaka. Oh, he's good. The zingers are getting better and better. The more children Alex has, the more dad joke routine starts to work its way into his shtick. Have you noticed that? I think that happens when you procreate. You know, if you if you ejaculate into a female and inseminate her, you instantly become less funny. If you think about it, all the best comedians are not dads. And when you if you're a comedian and you become a dad, your whole routine talks start is all about your kids then, right? Have you noticed that? Fuck, I hate that. As soon as a like a funny guy has kids, all the jokes that he makes from that point on are all about, oh, his kids did this, my kids do that. Have you ever had have you ever had that thing where you wake up in the morning and your kids are like jumping on the bed and stuff? <laughs> Come on, you used to be cool. It can't all be about your children. <laughs> As soon as you as soon as you create a new human, you become less funny. Is that your IQ, one finger? Yes, yes, I'm gonna marry a carrot. What about Bob Saget? Fuck Bob Saget. <laughs> What's he done lately? What have you done for me lately, Bob? Job. When a man comes up sick and I go in here, 
And the ed- I mean, he did full house. That's end of case closed. PD told him, no, it's not enforceable. How rude. You can go on in. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The great Alex Jones fighting the tyranny at the local national park. It brings me to this article here from the good people of Vox. Coronavirus is making us all socially awkward. Do you feel socially awkward? Do you feel uncomfortable out on the street? You should. This is the unspoken symptom of coronavirus. This is the symptom of coronavirus that the local doctor will not mention. It can leave you short of breath. It can give you you headaches, diarrhea. You can feel fatigued. And you can also fo- uh, feel very uncomfortable in social settings, apparently. It's all, it's all due to coronavirus. <laughs> Have a listen to this. Insinuation anxiety. The fear of suggesting that other people are untrustworthy is making every drinks date or meetup in the park feel fraught. That's ju- this is just what we need, huh? To give people more reasons to feel socially awkward. <laughs> <laughs> This is fantastic. <clears throat> and hey, I, I spoke about this months ago. When the when the lockdown started happening, I said this is going to leave a mental scar on the Western world, a psychological scar. And I don't think a lot of people really understood what I was getting at. This is the shit that I was talking about. People are going to come out this come out the other side of this. You know, it's you never at this point nobody's going to just instantly change back to the way it was before coronavirus i mean they openly tell you no 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 we're going to keep a lot of these rules forever and just little things like you know when you go to the supermarket now or you you go to a fast food restaurant or something having to talk to somebody behind a perspex screen like you're in prison i specifically mentioned that we're putting up all of these little barriers between people and they're saying that it's going to be a permanent thing that we're constantly going to have these barriers between people and it, it was re- it's, it's for reasons like that which I said why I said pardon me that there's going to be a permanent psychological scar which it's going to last a long time the way people interact is being regulated down to the nth degree so much so that you can be harassed by police if you stand too close to somebody on the street. So if you were concerned that people were walking around on eggshells before coronavirus, don't worry, it's about to get a hell of a lot worse. People don't even, people feel awkward shaking hands now. You have to double think every action. That you make. You have to double think, where am I going to stand? How should I talk? Should I talk to you? Should I cover up? Should I turn away? Should I leave the room? Are there too many people? Constant micromanagement of every single thing you do on a daily basis, hour to hour, minute to minute. And that kind of training, that overbearing, constant, all-encompassing programming is not going to just evaporate one day. Like, when they come out, if just say that people come out and say, you know what, this coronavirus thing, it's done. We've killed the virus. It's all over. There is going to be a large section of society that will just live the rest of their life in this bubble. In this bubble of awkward social interaction. 
And don't you dare for a minute blame the virus for this. This is all down to the authorities. This is all down. I mean, people are being people are being screamed at if they sit next to somebody on the train. In the state of Victoria, and yes, we will cover that clip of the Victorian woman and the police. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I'm obviously an Australian. The, the majority of my audience is in the United States. At least a dozen people sent me that clip over the last couple of days of the Victorian woman. And which is fine. I love I love people sending me stuff. But every single one asked me, have you seen this yet? <laughs> <clears throat> of course I've seen it. <laughs> it's an Australian story. So every American listener that I have sent me the story because it relates to Australia. And they all asked, have you seen this yet? Let me just go on record and answer all of you in one big fell swoop. Yes, I have seen it yet. <laughs> No, you're not the first person to send it to me. But I do appreciate you sending it to me. So we will cover that in the second half of the show. But in the state of Victoria, where that clip uh, comes from, you now have the military patrolling the streets. Something that we learnt in Civics 101 is a no-go. Something you should never, ever do is have the military police its own citizens. That is now the reality in Victoria. You have people under house arrest who have committed no crime. Businesses shut down, people losing their jobs, people, uh, you know, the economy tanking, people losing their homes. On top of that, you can get harassed for sitting next to somebody too close on a bus. You can't get served if you're not wearing a mask. You've got to stand on the line if you want to get food, walk in this door, walk out that door. You can't be in a car with people who you don't live with. All of these, like micromanaged little social restrictions are going to have a long-lasting effect on the psychology of people and the psychological health of our nations. And even if they came out tomorrow and said it's all over, a whole bunch of people will never get over it. So the, the article continues. Over the span of a single week in June, Teresa, a mother of a three-year-old in Pennsylvania, attended both a wedding and a funeral. The funeral, One wedding and a funeral. The funeral was respectful, safe, and socially distant. The wedding was, well, not. Don't you dare take away from us our right to have sex with drunken bridesmaids at weddings. That's a, that's a bridge too far. Don't you dare take that away, you disgusting fascists. That's, that's the only reason most of us attend weddings, <laughs> is to pick up drunken tang. When it, you know, everybody's talking about love and shit. It's a great time to pick up on the desperate single girls. <laughs> she arrived at the small barn to find that hardly one any of the 150 guests inside were wearing masks. Because that's what every bride-to-be wants, isn't it? Wearing a mask on your big special day. <laughs> Sir, you may now remove the mask and kiss your bride. Oh, what a treat. Imagine the wedding photos with everybody standing there with a fucking mask on. <laughs> You. <laughs> Smile! Are they smiling? I don't know. Just take the fucking picture. <laughs> Honey, you look so good with a mask. I want you to leave it on. It's going to be really hard for those countries where they have arranged marriages. You don't even get to see your wife on the wedding day. <laughs> you only get to see your wife's face after two weeks of fucking quarantine in the hotel. 
I'm sorry, babe. I've got to wear a mask. Phew. Thank God, because my teeth, hideous. <laughs> because of asymptomatic transmission and official warnings about indoor events, she knew going could potentially expose her and other guests to the coronavirus. But an already tense family dynamic made her feel that if she and her husband didn't make the trip to the West Virginia border, it would be seen as an insult, a deliberate dig, she says. And yet the setup was even worse than she could have imagined. The pandemic wasn't even acknowledged, she said. Imagine, imagine not talking about coronavirus constantly on your wedding day. What a disgusting, selfish bitch. That bride must be. Huh? What a disgusting bitch. She says it was clear the lack of precautions was intentional. The bride's dad is very vocal on Facebook about how masks are bad and dumb. And he's not wearing one, she said. Again, how selfish of the father to not want to walk his baby girl down the aisle whilst wearing a fucking face mask. I mean, you know, why doesn't he consider... Does he not consider the fact that he's killing everybody by doing this? On his daughter's special day? It's not all about you, sweetheart. <laughs> Some of us may get sick by attending this fucking wedding. My husband has one cousin who put something on Facebook calling masks freedom muzzles. I like that. She says she regrets attending at all. I wish I never went to this wedding. <laughs> I wish I never attended this wedding. Nobody was wearing a mask. I did stay for the cake and alcohol, though. Attending an epidemiologist's worst nightmare is just one example of the social awkwardness of leaving quarantine while a pandemic rages on, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to the language being used here. It's fantastic. As some states get blindly toward indoor bars and office jobs and others frantically retreat from backfired reopening bars, every social interaction now feels fraught with a million unspoken tensions, this is exactly what a whole bunch of, of people in society have always wanted for us. That sentence again. Every social interaction now feels fraught with a million unspoken tensions. This is the whole point of microaggressions, ladies and gentlemen. They've, they've, they've finished policing your language. They've finished regulating your language down to an nth degree. Now they're going to regulate your physical behavior. <clears throat> we want you to walk on eggshells mentally when you, before you speak to people. You need to think about how you may be offending people even when you don't intend to be offending people by asking innocent questions perhaps or just having a pleasant conversation. Now, on top of that, we need you to constantly think about where you're standing, which door you came in on, which seat you're sitting in, how are you six feet away from the person next to you constantly. Regulating basic human interaction right before your eyes. And it's funny because we used to have conversations like, oh, well, this is stupid. How are they going to police that? <clears throat> well, I think the evidence is clear. At this stage, it's obvious people will police it themselves, right? People are policing this themselves. A whole bunch of people in society have been deputised to police the lockdown laws. 
So for all of you, for all of you, you know, naysayers who months ago said, oh, this will never be police. The police can't enforce this. They don't have to. Your neighbor will. Your cousin will. Your parents will. Your children will. Your neighbors will. Your fellow citizens on the bus on the way to work will enforce it. The police don't have to enforce a damn thing. They'll do it for them. Jody Avragan, Avragan, Avagan, a journalist and podcast host in Brooklyn, says she's had to have the, quote, pandemic talk several times. I've tried to spark conversations with my group saying, hey, it would be good to get a place where we're forthright and normalize saying the risks we're taking, our exposure, our behavior. That's what we want. Constantly talking about our behavior, constantly talking about how awkward social settings are, because this will make the world a better place, right? This will make everybody get along so much more smoothly. And you know, not to pat myself on the back here, but I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with. Like you have to work very hard to get in my bad books. Even people who like really dislike me and, you know, say horrible things about me and want me to hate them. I might be angry for like a minute or two, but after that, I'm like, I don't even care. I'm over it. You know what I mean? So I'm a very laid back, easygoing guy. If somebody came, like, with all of these kinds of restrictions, I'm the kind of guy who will talk to the cashier at the supermarket and say, hey, how you doing? Having a good day? You know, like, just just to pass the time while she's ringing up my fucking purchases, while she's ringing up my products in the register, I will have a chat. Say, you know, working hard, what time do you finish? Nice weather, blah, blah, blah. It's just the way I am. So if I'm like at a, in a public place and, you know, I go to, you know, talk to somebody, just, you know, say, hey, how you going? I will say hello to strangers. I'm that kind of a guy. If I'm in a place and I go to say hello to somebody or have a chat with somebody and the first thing that they talk about is why I shouldn't be speaking to them, why I should stand here, why I should stand over there, it's not going to make me feel socially awkward. Because I'll just instantly think to myself, there's no point talking to this person. And I'll go, okay, and I'll walk away. You know, I'm not going to fight for your friendship. Right? If I meet somebody and they talk about uh, how my white privilege is causing me to think that I can just approach a person of colour and have a conversation with them like systemic oppression and racism isn't all-encompassing, I don't even get angry at them. I say, okay, fair enough. All right, see you later. (laughs) And if they, well, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm not going to talk to you. You're, you're a downer. <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with you. See you later. I don't need to be your friend. So you believe whatever you want to believe, and I'm going to go over here and talk to the fun people. See ya. Of course, that's not good enough in many cases. You're supposed to stand there. take your, You're supposed to take your punishment, aren't you? You're supposed to be berated and lectured. You're supposed to fight for approval. I just go, ah, see you later. I don't I don't even want to know you. You sound like a horrible person to be around. A real stick in the mud, a real wet blanket. I'm out of here. So long. So it's not going to make me socially awkward. It's not going to make me feel awkward in social settings. But who is it going to affect? It's going to affect the people who are susceptible to that those kinds of feelings in the first place. The people who do seek approval. The people who do want to be everybody's friend. And that's when the real irony of this comes into full focus. They are creating this world for themselves. Nothing I can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. 
I mean, they're acting like, oh, coronavirus is causing all of this social awkward awkwardness. No, no, you are, darling. You're creating it. I mean, did you hear that previous paragraph? She wants to sit down. She wants to have a safe space where people can sit down and talk about how we're going to normalise the language about policing social settings and, you know, how we can't be... This is of your own creation. This is, this is your, you know, Frankenstein's monster, which is now lurching around the room trying to strangle you. And you're too stupid or dense or self-important to even notice it. Coronavirus hasn't made you socially awkward. You've made yourself socially awkward and you're using coronavirus as an excuse to justify it. So carry on with all the social awkwardness and shit that you want, but it's not going to affect me. I'm just not going to talk to you. <laughs> I'm not even going to care who you are or what your story is or why you're offended or why you're upset or why you're awkward. I just couldn't care less. Life's too short. I used to be, like, it wasn't that long ago. I was a much, much more angry, like activist kind of minded person. I would dive headfirst into outrage cycles. I would like try to convince people that there's a better way. I would argue with people on the internet. I don't bother anymore. Life's too short, man. We're not going to be here much longer. We're here for a short time, not a fucking good time. And if, you know, if a condition of me knowing you is the fact that I have to be lectured about social distancing or why it's socially awkward or why you feel oppressed or why, you know, the world is a terrible place, I'm not going to waste my fucking time. And if that makes me a bad person, then so be it. Because it only makes me a bad person to you. (laughs) And I don't care what you think. So that's easily fixed. Speaking of social awkwardness, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a fantastic piece. When was the last time you changed anyone's mind? It's a good question, Jim Enward in the chat. Look, I'll be fair. I have slowly changed a few minds in small ways. You know, people who weren't pro-free speech that I know in my life are now pro-free speech. It doesn't mean they drop everything else that they believe in. But it was many years of constant conversations and constant arguings and constant examples. But the majority of the time, now, uh, I don't feel the need to try and change anybody's mind. Because people will change their mind if they want to. That's the thing. They've got to want to do it. If people don't want to change their mind, they won't. So I no longer go to people and say, hey, look at this. You know, look at this. Can you explain this? Can you talk to me about this? What do you think about this? I don't bother. If somebody comes to me and says, oh, what do you think about this? Then I'll tell them. And if they say, well, that's ridiculous. You're a fascist, blah, blah, blah. I say, okay. And they're like, oh, what, you're not even going to defend yourself? I'm like, not to you. <laughs> You've already decided the kind of person I am. Why would I even bother? Why would I care? There's no point arguing with somebody like you. You've already decided what you what what the truth is, so don't bother. <coughs> Minister of Fun Kimmy, you helped me get to know my own mind. How's that? Well, there you go. Thank you. Thank you for the diamond. Like Royce and his cart abandonment. No, again, I have to stress, I'm a very libertarian guy in like almost every aspect of my personal dealings, except when it comes to the parking lot. 
See, when it comes to the parking lot and cart abandonment, I'm not tr- I don't try to change minds necessarily. I will deal out brutal swift justice though when Boogie Stan becomes a nation and by the way join the flag contest win yourself a free flag. <laughs> I mean, in the kingdom of Boogie Stan, we don't even we don't have a conversation with you. We just take you out of the picture. But unfortunately for us right now, we're not in Boogie Stan. So I do have to conform in some way. I have to do the best. I've got to do the best that I can with the tools that I have. So we will reach out to Royce and try to educate him on the topic of cart abandonment. But if he ever sets foot in boogie stand and does that shit, he's going to be taken out with a fucking sniper rifle. (laughs) Dragged out and fed to wild dogs in the kingdom of boogie stand. Should he ever set foot in in our little monarchy. So this is a fantastic article. Remember we did the whole thing about coon cheese? Indigenous activist who forced coon cheese from the shelves now wants Pauls to consider scrapping smarter white milk brand because it's offensive to Aboriginals. How about that? Now, we've known for quite some time that milk is a white supremacist beverage of choice, but this is a whole new level. An Indigenous rights activist who succeeded in having the Coon Cheese brand scrapped wants Pauls to consider renaming it Smarter White Milk. (laughs) Smarter White, you can't have that. Now, who was the last person, who was the last person who said, no, 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 if we just change Coon Cheese, that will be the end of it, right? Remember that? Remember how we used to all think that way from time to time? Remember, no, 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 it's just gay marriage. After marriage, that's all we're going to do. That's all, it will stop right there. The progress will stop in that second and then we will become conservatives because we're trying to conserve the progress that we made, ironically. No. So you can't be a progressive unless you're constantly changing. It's in the definition. Lonely Chef with the diamond. Support your local economy. Don't return your carts. Now, see, Lonely Chef, we've covered this before. You're wrong. You're wrong. You know why you're wrong? Because you're not giving somebody a job by leaving a cart out. You're making somebody's life harder who already has a job. You're creating more work, more unpaid work for the cart boy. The cart boy is employed to go to the cart corral and take the carts from the cart corral and bring them inside the shopping centre. That's his job. It's not his job to clean up after you. See, what you're doing by saying leave your cart out in the parking lot in order to create a job is the same as if you were sitting in a McDonald's restaurant and you just took your thick shake and threw it on the floor. You know, the bin's right there. The job, your, your responsibility as a productive member of society is to take your trash and take it to the bin and put it in the rubbish bin. But no, you decide that you're such a good guy, you're going to throw your rubbish onto the floor and say, look at me, I just created a job for a cleaner. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. You're just making somebody else's life more difficult. You're not a good guy. You're not supporting the local economy. You're not creating a job. You're just a fucking jerk. (laughs) That's what a jerk does. You could easily take it to the trash can. No, I'm just going to throw... It's like walking into a urinal and pissing on the floor. Oh, look at me. I just created a job for a toilet cleaner. No, you didn't. You just pissed on the floor. 
you made the job of the toilet cleaner far more difficult. Now he has to deal with your jerkiness. So no, I don't buy into this, I'll leave your cart out, I'm creating a job. That's that's illogical nonsense. And it's exactly the kind of rationalization that the mentally ill cart abandonment folks, and we know they're mentally ill. We played the clip, was it Friday? We played the clip of the mental health expert saying specifically, people who leave their carts out, it's a sign of deeper mental issues. We are on the side of science here. So... <laughs> No, 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 no carts in the parking lot, less hours for carport. It's not true. The cart boys are there during the hours of the store being opened. So if you take your cart back to the cart corral, they're far more efficient because all the carts are in, in the place that they're supposed to be. They load them up onto the thing and they take them back into the store, done like a dinner. Instead, they're inefficiently having to patrol the parking lot for your indiscretions which is not part of their job title. <laughs> anyway, can we get back to banning milk, please? In July, Dr. Stephen Hagen convinced Canadian dairy giant Saputo to axe an 85-year-old moniker named after American cheese ripening pioneer Edward William Kuhn, because remember, Kuhn cheese was named after a guy <clears throat> because of its racist connotations. The former diplomat and academic. Oh, yeah. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> he was a diplomat, huh? I guess I guess we can, uh, you know, I guess we can postulate on why he's a former diplomat. I mean, if he's getting upset about the fucking milk that's in the coffee at the diplomats meeting, he probably wasn't a very productive diplomat. <laughs> Stephen... We'd like to sit down and talk to you about the latest round of tax cuts in the international trading community. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. But uh, what brand is the cheese here with these crackers that you're serving us here? This wouldn't happen. This wouldn't happen to be Coon cheese, would it? Do you realise how offensive that is, <sighs> Stephen? Stephen, we're here to we're here to talk about trade deadlines. Yes, yes. But what brand is the milk being used in my cafe latte? Is it smarter white? It better not be. I'm the smart. I'm just as smart as any white person, you know. I didn't know that smart white milk was necessarily about white people, but okay. Can we get this? Can we get this man some soy? Can we get some more soy into this individual, please? Anything to shut him up. Listen to this. I I love people that speak on behalf of a whole community. That shit brings me joy. Quote, this is the guy who wants to ban smarter white milk after after successfully banning coon cheese. Quote, Aboriginal people are saying that there's an inference that it's for smart white people, not smart black people. Well, they are lactose intolerant, aren't they? <laughs> Generally speaking. Darling, there was right. Thank you for joining us, Lonely Chef. So this guy who wants to ban smarter white milk after banning coon cheese has the fucking audacity to say Aboriginal people are saying that there's an inference that it's for smart white people, not for smart black people. Then how come you're the only one that I've heard say it? Why is that then? You would think that there would be some kind of groundswell, right? Marching in the streets. Look at all of the Aboriginal people talking about how offensive the milk labels are. I don't see that anywhere. 
the only guy I see talking about it is you. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to speak on behalf of a whole mass. I'm going to speak on behalf of a whole community here. I am electing myself. I am declaring myself a community spokesman. Their fears are my fears. Their thoughts are my thoughts. Really? Ah, Kitty B in the chat. He is just so smart, he was the only one who thought about it. Maybe he's been drinking some of that smart white supremacist milk. Uh, let's have a look at this milk here. Because here's a little advertisement. Let's see if we can pinpoint the moment where the racism happens. Let's have a look here. A bottle of milk, thanks. Low fat, no fat, full cream, high calcium, high protein, soy, light skim, omega-3, high calcium with vitamin D and folate or extra dollop. I mean, it's pretty offensive already, isn't it? Look at this old white lady trying to sound smart by saying things. Oh, it's disgusting. It makes me feel icky. A bottle of milk, thanks. Low fat, no fat, full cream, high calcium, high protein, soy, light skim, omega-3, high calcium with vitamin D and folate or extra dollop. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just want milk that tastes like real milk. This tastes like full cream milk. And only 2% fat. Call smarter white milk. Smart choice. That's it. <laughs> How offensive, huh? How fucking awful was that? <laughs> so you be the judge. Does this disgusting milk brand need to be banned? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's clearly obvious during that commercial break that... <clears throat> What appears to be a commentary on all the varieties of milk which are readily available. And that one milk tastes like full cream milk, even though it's 2% fat, which is why it's quote-unquote the smarter choice. I mean, it's obvious in that commercial why it would be offensive to all the Aboriginal people who are taking an inference from that that white people are smarter than black people. I mean, I mean it's clear as, clear as the nose of your face. Clear as day. So the sooner we can ban smarter milk, the better. We should call it dumb cunt milk. <laughs> Will that satisfy? Milk for dumb cunts. I'd buy it. Why not? At least I won't be racist. With that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're going to take a quick five-minute break here on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. When we return, we will get into... Uh, the hand around your throat, and also some amazing developments in the world of mask technology. So do stick around. We'll be back in five minutes on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you for joining us. Do you like 
your novelty comedy songs, organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie. Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Zlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the JJ Stoner Spring Collection. The perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Inverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ. What are you, you fucking like Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. <laughs> you have to ruin my evening. Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian oh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye.
world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for The Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with the Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you'll have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of passing Campy old movies and old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of passing When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for sticking with us. Of course, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter, patreon.com, uh, streamlabs.com. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, the preferred method is, of course, dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you could. 
even 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 if you don't want to, even if you don't want to listen to the podcast, just do me a favor. Do me a fucking solid, bro. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or whatever. Don't even listen to it. Don't even worry about it. Just subscribe. Just subscribe, you assholes. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Um, somebody in the chat, I think it was. Oh, we missed the we missed the the dono there from Lady of Diamonds. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Uh, Boogie, the mental doobie, Monica. Monica has dubbed me the mental doobie. There you go, doobie brother. So I think it was Coffee Talk with Sandra during the break who was asking about the health of JJ Stoner. I'm pleased to report that JJ is doing very well. And based on your concerns, which are fair, I I got JJ on Skype during the commercial break to come on and tell you about his condition and let you know that everything's going okay. JJ, um, how's, how's the surgery? How are you doing after the surgery, mate? My asthma's gone. Listen to me breathe. <laughs> So there's JJ. <laughs> Just to make sure. Sorry, I think the I think the line was cutting out a little bit there. JJ, uh, are you doing okay after your surgery, mate? My asthma's gone. Good. Listen to me, breathe. <laughs> very good. So there's JJ, ladies and gentlemen, doing very well. He's recovered after surgery. Congratulations, JJ. Um. Just before we get to our next item here, I just this just popped up during the commercial break while I was looking around on Twitter. Oh, God, if this is everything that I imagine it to be, then this could be better than I thought it could be. Kamala Harris, the new vice presidential pick. I did want to talk about it tonight, but I've got so much other stuff to get through, so we'll probably have to wait till Friday till we get to Kamala. Kamala, 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 Kamala. Who cares? Kamala. <laughs> I, just, I just started watching... Um, Oh God, what's it? The Sopranos, not that long ago. So I'm nearly at the end of season four. I never watched it when it came out originally. And I was like, oh, I've got to look around. I've got to find myself a TV show. I'll watch one of the old TV shows. And The Sopranos was one that everybody was like, you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. So now when I see the name Kamala Harris, I just think Kamala. <laughs> so here's what she had to say. Uh, we, we'll, we'll come back to this on Friday night. Got a whole bunch of stuff on the economy and small businesses shutting down that I keep pushing back, pushing, pushing back, pushing back. So we'll have to do it on Friday. Trump is also the reason millions of Americans are now unemployed. Wow. <laughs> I mean... We knew this would happen, didn't we? We fucking knew this would happen. We knew this was coming. And it's so obvious, God, it's it's there's no sport in this anymore. Wait, wait, wait. So you're on the side that wanted to shut businesses down, shut whole economies down. Shut industries down, ban people from working, arrest people if they open their fucking business. And then you've got the audacity after doing everything, after having everything that you want given to you. Yes, we will shut down businesses. Yes, we will ban people from going to work. Yes, 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 yes. After getting everything you wanted, it's now somebody else's fault. Isn't this fucking cute? Trump is also the reason millions of Americans are now unemployed. 
He inherited the longest economic expansion in history from Barack Obama and Joe Biden. <laughs> and then, like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. The balls on this woman. That's, that's also the beautiful part, too. So he gets no credit for the economy being good in the first place. <laughs> Remember, it was Barack Obama's economy. Trump inherited a good economy, and now he's destroyed it. It's like talking point one oh fucking one, isn't it? Let's shut down our economy. They literally, they are literally saying this morning, we need to put everybody back into lockdown. We need to continue shutting down the economy. Please, they, they, there are articles now complaining that people aren't getting paid enough to sit at home and do fucking nothing. Literally coming out on the same day as she's making this speech. Oh, $600, not good enough. We need more money. We need more payouts. We need more bailouts. We need a trillion dollars passed in Congress, right, to go to companies and businesses. We need more money paid out, more money paid out. And then on the same day as these articles come out, Kamala Harris has the fucking audacity to get up there and say, well, it's all Trump's fault. <laughs> I mean, but people people are stupid. People are dumb. They will repeat it. They will repeat what she's saying like it's fucking gospel because people are dumb. Unbelievable. Because of Trump's failures of leadership, our economy has taken one of the biggest hits out of all the major industrialized nations wow. with an unemployment rate that has tripled as of today. <laughs> and this is all just in a vacuum. I, I tweeted out earlier today because uh, I've been noticing. I hadn't seen this clip yet. I only just saw this clip. I tweeted out earlier today. Kamala sounds like Fran Drescher, Iceman in the chat. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield. The economy's in the toilet because of you, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> so I was tweeting out earlier today, like, look at all the articles that are coming out talking about, oh, the recession, oh, the economy's taking a hit, oh, people are out of work. None of, and they all say, oh, this is because of coronavirus. No, no, it's because of you. It's because of governments. It's because of politicians. It's because of public servants. It's because of the media. The media putting pressure on, you know, the public servants feeding shit to the media and the media putting pressure on the politicians to lock down whole industries, lock down economies, lock down Main Street. And then the very same people who have created the problem then come out and tell you, oh, there's some kind of problem here. It must be his fault. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, you shouldn't. I'm, I shouldn't be shocked because this is exactly this is their mo. They have literally created an economic crisis under the guise of keeping people safe, and now they are going to present themselves as the cure for that crisis. They're going to say we are the only ones who can save you from the economic crisis, and you know how they're going to do it. They're going to save you by going more socialism. 
This was always the MO. This was always the way it was going to go down. Fuck, I said it. I said it not even long ago in a private conversation to somebody else. You watch. They will shut down the whole economy and then they will blame capitalism. And they'll say capitalism is the fault is to blame here for this. And the only way that we can fix this is with socialism. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. One more time, Kamala. One more time, Kamala. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with a diamond. Thank you. Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? WAP will be her intro. <laughs> One more time, Kamala. Trump is also the reason millions of Americans are now unemployed. He inherited the longest economic expansion in history from Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And then, like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground. I mean, the economy was going so well under Barack Obama and Joe Biden. That's obviously why Donald Trump won the election, huh? Because everything was going so smoothly. Everything was going so perfectly under the previous administration. That's exactly why a guy like Donald Trump became president. Because everybody thought, wow, this is going so good and working so well for me. Right? And you know, like, go back to the start of the show when I was talking about, like, I no longer feel the need to try and change people's minds. Look at what you're dealing with. Look at what you're dealing with here. You would say to some, I've had these conversations. I would say to somebody, if Barack Obama was going so well and if everything was working so well before, why would a guy like Donald Trump win? You hate Donald Trump. You think he's awful. He's disgusting. He's disruptive. He's destroying the system. Why would he win if everything was going according to plan? Why would he even be considered as a nominee? Why? Winning TV with a diamond. Missed most of the show. Being a capitalist pig. Well, good for you, sir. <laughs> Go back and check it out on replay. The replay is always there. The replay is your friend. Winning TV, friend of the show. So if everything was perfect, Donald Trump isn't there. That's, a, that's a, like obvious reality. And the subtext to their argument is that. So why even bother trying to convince people of their... Why even bother trying to convince somebody who has the ability to believe simultaneously that everything was going really well under Barack Obama, but that Donald Trump won the election and it's because, like, he's a disruptive, disgusting force which is trying to tear down all of the good work that happened previously. Like, everybody agrees Barack was doing such a great job, which is why they voted for the opposite. Uh, it's just insane. It's insane. And now Kamala Harris, after being part of the crew who screamed the loudest to shut down whole economies, to arrest people who opened their business during coronavirus lockdowns, now has the all-fucking audacity to say this. Trump is also the reason millions of Americans are now unemployed. He inherited the longest economic expansion in history <laughs> from Barack Obama and wow, Joe Biden. I can't believe it. And then... Like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground. Because of Trump's failures of leadership, our economy has taken one of the biggest hits out of all the major industrialized nations. I mean, there really is no other alternative except to say that this 
is just aimed at very, very, very low information people. Like this is this is aimed at the dumbest people in society. There's I can't think of any other way to describe it. <coughs> you got exactly what you wanted. You got the lockdowns that you wanted, that you fought for. You got the economic shutdown that you wanted. <coughs> and now you're blaming the guy for giving you what you want. It's it's retarded. Anyway. Uh, let's move on. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this story. And yes, a lot of people sent me this story over the last couple of days. We're talking, of course, about the young lady who was choked on the street by Victorian police. <clears throat> How did that start? Well, it started, like most things, predictably on this show where we told you this kind of thing was going to take place. Remember when we would have whole conversations about how respect for the police is going to reach all-time lows during the coronavirus lockdown? With every video that comes out of heavy-handed policing of very mundane, everyday, normal activity, like, say, arresting people for sitting on a park bench, for example. And we said, like, this is only going to result in more friction between the population and the police. It's it, it, There's no other way around it. It is a constant rolling PR fucking disaster for the police, not just in this country, but the United States, Canada, New Zealand, the UK, the lot. There are so many angles to the coronavirus which go far beyond we're trying to save people's lives. And there is so much more long-lasting damage being done psychologically to the cultures of the of these western nations than anybody is prepared to admit even now and when they do admit the psychological damage that is being perpetrated on the citizens of these countries they'll blame something else because that's what they fucking do we just watch kamala harris do it right there and then it will always be somebody else's fault they will always be the victim they will never stop blaming somebody else never So this happened on the 2nd of August. Victoria has enacted a state of disaster to enforce coronavirus restrictions. Here's what that means. This is from the Australian taxpayer-funded media arm, the ABC, ladies and gentlemen. Six months after Victoria declared a state of disaster to deal with the summer's fires, the dramatic legislation has again come into effect with the, to deal with the, quote, public health bushfire of coronavirus. <laughs> the public health bushfire. It came into effect at 6pm on Sunday and can be in place for at least a month. It gives police and emergency services much broader powers to enforce new coronavirus restrictions, including the Melbourne-wide curfew every night. Quote, it also gives authorities the ability to suspend acts of parliament so we can suspend the legislative, uh, legislative arm of the government completely. Which, I mean, if it wasn't a left-wing government in the state of Victoria, everybody would be saying it's a power grab. But because it's the most progressive government in the country of Australia, instead the media has to run cover. And they have to say what a great fucking job the guy's doing. As the military literally patrols the streets during the lockdown. We showed that we showed those videos in that article last week. The military in Victoria, the most progressive state government in my country is now patrolling the streets to enforce coronavirus lockdowns. Arguably one of the most authoritarian things a government can do, which we all learned in high school civics, is to have the military police its own citizens. 
and the most authoritarian act which has been done on its own citizens in the history of Australia is being done by the most progressive government in the history of Australia. It boggles the fucking mind. Don't let anybody tell you that you're an authoritarian. Don't let any don't give anybody the fucking satisfaction of allowing them to say to your face that you're a fascist when they are cheering the military doing fucking patrols during coronavirus lockdowns and claiming that they're progressive freedom types. We are dealing with very, very, very sick people with no principles and no value and no fucking shame. None whatsoever. They are unthinking automatons just waiting to be filled with somebody else's rhetoric so they can spew it out in your face when prompted, when triggered. Listen to this. It gives police and emergency services much broader powers to enforce new coronavirus restrictions, including the Melbourne-wide curfew every night. Quote, it also gives authorities the ability to, sus- uh, to suspend acts of parliament and take possession of people's properties. Yeah! Woo! We're saving lives here. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take your property because we're saving lives. Hey, it'll never happen here, right? So, Victoria Police reviewing alleged choking arrest of woman not wearing a mask in Melbourne. Again, this is the taxpayer-funded media. Alleged choking. They put choking in commas. (laughs) It's alleged choking. Let's watch this short clip. I mean, you know, and I'm loath, I'm loathed to make the obvious point here. But I feel like, you know, certain things have to be pointed out even for the the dumbest, the most dim people amongst us. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to have to take this route because I shouldn't have to, but I'm sorry to say, in all honesty, if she was black, the headline would not be Victoria Police reviewing alleged choking arrest of woman not wearing a mask in Melbourne. If she was black, it would just be police brutality. Fucking prove me wrong. Sorry. Terribly sorry to point out this inconvenient reality here. But if it was not a white woman, it would say police, police Victoria police under under review for police brutality incident or something to that night, uh, something to that effect. And you can say all day that it wouldn't be, but we fucking know it would be. And they would be marching in the streets. And there would be constant media rolling footage of it over and over and over and over again. But unfortunately for her, she's not the kind of people that people give a fuck about. She's not the kind of person that deserves sympathy, you see. And if you think I'm wrong, go to the Twitter, go to the Twitter accounts of this incident and just look at the responses. People saying the police were justified. Fuck her. Everybody who does this should be thrown in prison, right? 
because why? Oh, she wasn't wearing a mask. Hey, if you live in some jurisdictions in the state of Washington or Oregon, for example, they will even legislate that people of a certain colour are exempt from wearing a mask based on the fact that they're a certain colour. Call me crazy. But unfortunately for her, she's not the colour that people give a fuck about. So, uh, you know, it's too bad. Kick her in the ass, drag her down to the station. She deserves it. Let's have a look. Now I am going I am gonna get a little patriotic here and a little tear a little tear down my cheek when here's here's the fun part for me. Instead of laying there going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, the Australian woman when when put in that situation, what does the patriotic Australian woman do? She doesn't scream, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. She looks the copper straight in the face and says, You're fucked in the head. <laughs> Advance Australia Fair. So fucking patriotic over here. Australian woman, don't. Australian women, they're the best. The fuck are you doing? Fuck you. You're fucked in the head. None of this. Oh, let me up. I can't believe. Please don't put me in the car. Please. I'm claustrophobic. No, no, no. Fuck you, pig. You're fucked in the head. <laughs> Just so beautiful. <laughs> Getting all patriotic over here. Uh, so people have been posting this everywhere. Piss off, you cunt. Get off of me! Get off! She's half his size. Look, look. Who here has seen the blacklist? Winning TV with a diamond based Aussie babes. Curb shifter. To be fair, she was not drugged up enough to can't breathe. Well, fair point. Uh, who here has seen the blacklist? It, he reminds me of a character. I only watched like, you know, three quarters of the first season. And then I got bored with the blacklist. That, that show with James Spader, like every episode was the same as the previous episode. So I got bored with it. It's always like, oh, we've got a new guy on the list. We're going to take down this new guy. It's like, okay, yeah, but what's the point here? I can't keep watching this. This is boring as fuck now. So <laughs> I've got to find this guy. Here he is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The stew maker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this cop reminds me of the stew maker. Now, the stew maker was a character in Blacklist in the first season. Come on, get over here. Get over here. Trying to move my links around. Okay, where is he? Show me the stew maker. All right, here he is the stew maker, ladies and gentlemen, who uh, his, his secret power, I guess, his criminal power was putting people in a bathtub full of acid and, you know, washing them down the drain. <laughs> that's not the stew maker. That's James Spader. The hours of Job-like lamentations, the burden of 
existence. That's the stew maker. Now, <laughs> now I want you to pay very close attention here. Look at the similarities here. Look at this. Oh, my goodness. It's him, isn't it? This is the stew maker pre-knocking out his victim. Post-knocking out his victim. Pre. Post. Pre. Post. It's, a, it's him. <laughs> we found him. The stew maker didn't really die. He's working. <laughs> he's working. The, he's working the beat in the Victorian police force. How about that? How about that? All right, let's carry on. Let go of his vest. Let go of his he's vest. He's fucking choking me. He's choking me. What the fuck? Let go Get of his vest. Fuck off me. Get Don't the fuck him. Stop. Fuck you, oh. bitch. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Aussie chicks. They don't fuck around. Somebody posted the uh, longer video here. Let's have a look. So three minutes of footage. Don't fucking touch me. Somebody filming from there. Window. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. Hey, mate, what are you doing, mate? And again, like, the people, people in the Twitter comments and stuff are like, oh, she fucking deserved it. She's resisting arrest and stuff. Okay, let's see how you react when you feel like you, you're having the life fucking choked out of you. You know, when you're physically choking somebody, they don't just, it's not like a cartoon. They don't just fucking stand there and slowly die. <laughs> right? When you try to strangle somebody, they are going to kick and scream and you, they're not thinking about, oh, I might, be, I might be resisting arrest here. Oh dear, how am I going to afford a lawyer? It's flight or fight response, right? instinct kicks in you're going to fucking you're going to wail you're going to thrash your arms around you're going to kick you're not thinking rationally at that point and people are like oh she should have just done what she was told what with the guy's fucking hands around her throat come on how would you react oh i would i would just do what i'm told bullshit You'd be out there screaming with tears down, running down your face. Uh, mucus phlegm brain in the chat. <clears throat> Great point. <laughs> point we've made often on this show. This is the this is the um, argument you're being given, right? Just go along with what the authorities say, and then one day we'll give you your freedom back. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's always worked out before, hasn't it? <laughs> Look, just go along with the stripping of your freedoms now, and then when we decide to give them back to you. We'll give them back. How do you, what do you think of that? Sounds like a good deal, huh? Just go along with your individual rights being pissed on by the government now. And then one day, if you can be a good little boy and a good little girl, 
if you can be good little citizens. I mean, there was a story coming out, like the prison, the prison comparisons are apt here. There's a story came out in Victoria uh, a few days ago. You're now only, you're allowed one hour of exercise time per day, per 24 hour block. That, that is literally yard time for prisoners, for convicts in prison who behave themselves. One hour of yard time. That's what you get in solitary confinement. You get one hour of prison yard time, supervised, of course, because literally the military is walking around in the streets to make sure people don't go over their hour of yard time. They have turned the entire state of Victoria into a literal prison. And the beautiful part about this, we've, I've mentioned this quote many times on the show before, but it's been a while. When I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's, you know, he's a bit of a mover and shaker. He does very well for himself. And I said to him, you know, in private on a phone call, I said, people will get sick of this stuff because we were talking about surveillance and over-policing and government overreach into our personal lives. This was a year and a half ago, well before coronavirus. And I said, you know, eventually people will get sick of this. And it will turn. They're not going to put up with this for much longer. And he kind of like laughed. He kind of chuckled at me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, they won't. He said, people will construct their own prisons, lock themselves in it, and then throw away the key. This is literally what he said to me. <clears throat> people will make their own prison and then throw away the key. And look at it. You're being dragged off the street for not breaking any law. You are being put under house arrest with the authorities saying you have one hour of yard time a day and the military is patrolling the streets outside your front door. And 70% of the population are cheering like it's a good thing. They want it. They have locked themselves in their own prison cell and thrown away the key. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Call me when you need someone to talk to. Call me. <laughs> For a nickel or a dime, call me anytime. Call me. She's doing song lyrics, I think. So you might wonder where this comes from. Let me give you, ladies and gentlemen, the top cop in the state of Victoria. How would you describe The top cop in the state of Victoria talking on, again, the Australian taxpayer funded, the people who like to speak truth to power. The taxpayer-funded media, the ABC, oh, we hold the government to account. We put the we put the fire to the feet of the government. We we speak truth to power. We're on the side of you, the little guy. This is the top cop in Victoria being interviewed on the ABC, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Have a listen to this. Chief Commissioner Patton, how would you describe the level of compliance from the public compliance? so far? Look, Lee, generally speaking, the level of compliance has been very good. The vast majority of Victorians are... Congratulations, Australia. You're so good at following the rules. ...are doing what we want them to do, but there is a small minority who continue to disregard the Chief Health Officer directions, so we're... God. Maybe we've got to get into this more. We used to do a lot more on this show of, like, breaking down press conferences and stuff, more rhetorical analysis... Maybe we need to go back to that because it seems like so much of this stuff just fucking flies over people's heads. Notice how he didn't say, like, once you once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you can read the subtext to this stuff, you'll never, you'll never not see it ever again. Notice how he didn't say not complying with the laws. 
right? The inference here being made is these people are not breaking any law. It's the reality. They're not breaking the law. He said, oh, there's a small minority of people not complying with the chief chief health officer's advice or the chief health officer's guidelines. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When did it become a punishable offence to not pay attention to my fucking doctor's advice? When did that happen? Oh, you idiot. It happened last week. Like that. It just happened. And, you know, 7 out of 10 people cheered it. They celebrated it. I've said before and I'll say again, as a doctor, your jurisdiction begins and ends with whether or not I choose to listen to your advice. That's the only jurisdiction you have. You do not get to decide when, you know, businesses should be shut down. You do not get to decide whether I can have one hour of yard time a day or not. You do not get to decide whether or not I even have to wear a mask in public. I'm not even a big anti-mask guy. But you as a doctor do not have that right. The only jurisdiction you have as a doctor is if I feel sick, I come to you. That's the arrangement we have with the doctors. I go to you. I ask you, what do you think? Can you help me get better? And if you say yes, what you need to do is stay inside, take this medicine, wear a mask and stuff. I still have the right to fucking ignore everything you say. Ignoring doctor's, you know, uh, advice is a human right. Believe it or not. But now we're in a state where the police and the politicians are now taking their orders from the doctors. Oh, these people, this small minority of criminals are not taking the doctor's advice. Who the fuck are you? Last time I checked, the doctors don't write the fucking laws of the country. But now they do, apparently. And you've, and you've just got to deal with it because you've got to do the right thing. Generally speaking, the level of compliance has been very good. The vast majority of Victorians are doing what we want them to do, but there is a small minority who continue to disregard the Chief Health Officer directions. So we're obviously uh, we're targeting those people. Targeting. And with that disregard, is the issue, do you think, defiance? Is the issue defiance? <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Why does this why did this stop playing? I didn't touch anything. Oh God. Stupid fucking Facebook. Really? You're gonna do this to me? Come on. Compliance from the public what the rules are. So and with that disregard, is the issue, do you think, defiance or mostly ignorance? Exactly. Of what the Kitty B, with an excellent point in the chat, they can't arrest a morbidly obese person to get them to stop overeating. Arguably, they should, though. I mean, it's a public health crisis. Obesity is a public health crisis. Instead, we go the opposite way and we tell people that they should be proud of their overeating. You should be proud of what you look like. You should be proud of being unfit and unhealthy. <laughs> you should be proud of the fact that uh, you're part of the majority of society, which is now obese, which is which which costs the taxpayer more in public health than cigarette smoking does, by multiples. 
yet we kick the cigarette smokers out into the dark alleyway to have a dart, to have a fag, and we put oversized models on the fucking front page. We ban cigarette smoking in magazines, but we tell people to have another pork chop because you should be proud of who you are. It's fucking insane. If anything, the cigarette smokers should be allowed to sit in the restaurant and smoke cigarettes, and the fat people should be forced to eat in the loading dock. (laughs) They should be forced to eat out in the alleyway. You're setting a bad example. This is a public health crisis. Rules are. Look, that small minority, it's actually a bit of defiance. We've seen people who loosely describe themselves as um, sovereign citizens. Some people. Sovereign citizens! Stay back! Stay back! Aim! Sovereign citizens. Loosely describe themselves as sovereign citizens, those idiots. You're our possession. You belong. You're our property. <laughs> People who say the law doesn't apply to them. No. Uh, we pull them up at vehicle checkpoints. And just this week alone, we've had three or four cars that we've had to pull up. Uh, and people have refused to state their name and address and say they're not obliged to stop and say where they're going outside of a restricted area. So we then have to step through a range of processes. We've had to smash windows on some cars. To- Imagine this. You get pulled over by a policeman. You're driving somewhere, which is not a crime which is not breaking the law. You're driving to the store or your friend's house or something like that. You get pulled over by a policeman. The policeman taps on the glass of the of the car, or the window, and says, who are you and where are you going? Show me your identification. I want to make sure that you're not traveling with, I, don't, I want to make sure that you're not traveling too far from your home because the doctor said so. And you say, you don't have a fucking right to that. Fuck you, I haven't done anything wrong. You don't have a right for that. You don't have a right to do that to me. I can go wherever I want. It's a fucking free country. There's no law against driving my car down the road, not breaking any laws. What happens? They will smash your window and drag you out of your own car. So when you take that into consideration, does choking, does choking a bitch on the street even like, are you even surprised? That this girl was choked and taken down for not wearing a mask, which it was later revealed she did have medical exemption for. She didn't have to wear a mask. But in the article, they actually say, where's this article? Uh, This is very cute. Victoria Police said she was not fined for failing to wear a mask or face covering because after being arrested, she told police she had an exemption. No, I'm pretty sure she was screaming it while she was being choked half to death on the street. She kept screaming, I I don't have to, I have an exemption. I have a condition, I'm I'm allowed to not wear a mask. Shut up, bitch. (laughs) Get on the ground, bitch. Stop resisting. After she was arrested. Oh, so she she went through this whole procedure to later then just go down to the police department and say, oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I actually have an exemption. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, if only we'd known that, we never would have choked you on the street in the first place. <laughs> oh, right. 
Right. But see, they've got to get you for something. So while she was lashing out because she had uh, this man's hands literally around her throat and she was lashing out, probably panicking because that's what people do when you choke them, uh, she's now being charged with assaulting police officers. Isn't it cute? Mind you... ...to stop and say where they're going. Mind you... People have, people have stopped and refused to tell us where they're going. We've had to smash their car windows in and drag them out of the car. <laughs> uh, and people have refused to state their name and address and say they're not obliged to stop and say where they're going outside of a restricted area. So we then have to step through a range of processes. We've had to smash windows on some cars to get people out because they deliberately didn't want to comply with the Chief Health Officer directions. With the Chief Health Officer directions, not with the laws, not with the not with the laws. No, we have this thing now that supersedes common law. It's called the Chief Health Officer Direction. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Did you miss that memo? See, in common law, uh, the police do not have a right to arrest you when you've done nothing wrong, right? But that was the old days. This is the new normal now. So sitting above common law, we have this thing called the Chief Health Officer Directions. And thanks to the Chief Health Officer Directions, we can now choke you on the street or smash your car window to drag you out of a car even though you've broken no law, you've committed no crime. That's the way we roll here now. Good, isn't it? It'll never happen here. Don't worry. And is that unusual? Is that something police experience out Is that unusual? Oh, God. Good journalism, bro. <laughs> is that unusual, do you think? Do you think it's really common for that thing to happen or is that kind of weird? <laughs> is that unusual? Oh, no, it sounds perfectly normal to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Outside of this pandemic or do you think it's peculiar to this? No, we do experience that on occasion. It has been heightened of recent weeks, though, where people particularly are saying, you know, they're, they're anti-government, they're anti-regulation. But as I say, it is a small group, a very small cohort. Generally, that's right. Because again, if you've, this is the black pill, ladies and gentlemen, if you thought that you were in the majority when it comes to individual rights and civil liberties and individual freedoms, guess again. Guess again. Most people either agree with it or they'll just go along with it. Most people agree. Most people want this. You are in a teeny tiny little minority of people who actually care enough to say the police uh, say to the police, "No, no, you don't have a right to do this to me. You have no legal right here. Not that it matters because they will smash your window and drag you out of the car regardless so. Good luck. Speaking, the whole Victorian community is banding together. And I think we're seeing a turning of community sentiment as well. Here we go. Where the community is actually shunning these people who won't wear masks, who try and <laughs> breach our curfew uh, rules, who don't comply. So, What did I say at the start of the show? When people would bring up that idiotic line, oh, they can't police this. Don't worry, they can't police this. Yes, the reason that's an idiotic line is they don't have to. Ladies and gentlemen, people will police themselves. People are policing themselves. Again, 
when I said that people will eventually get sick of this kind of thing, I was told in no uncertain terms that no, people will lock themselves in their own prison cell and then throw away the key. They crave it. They want it. They will police themselves. Generally, the community is now saying enough's enough. Enough's we want enough. everyone to comply. So what would you say is the chief challenge for police at the moment? The chief challenge that we have is making sure that people really do understand the impact of their actions. And that is if they have... <laughs> not, not the impact of ours, though. You see, choking women on the street and dragging people out through smashed windows of their own vehicles, they, we don't have to consider the impacts of that action. That's your fault. <laughs> That's your fault for not doing what you're told. <laughs> no, no. Consider the impact of your action. You were out walking around. You, you, you took more than one hour of your allotted yard time, convict. Consider the act, Consider the repercussions of your actions, you disgusting, selfish cunt. Isn't it good? See, you're to blame for the over-policing. <laughs> you're to blame for the heavy-handed authorities coming down like a ton of bricks on you for not doing anything, literally nothing wrong, for not breaking any law. It's your fault. Remember what we said a month ago on this show? Slowly the conversation will turn. Coronavirus won't be the problem. The problem is freedom. You're seeing it happen right here. Freedom is the problem. People thinking they have freedom. They're the dangerous ones. The, the, the virus isn't dangerous as long as people accept the fact that they don't have freedom anymore. That's literally the subtext of what you're being programmed to believe now. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Have tested positive that they must be staying at home. It's, it's making sure that people aren't placing others at risk. It's about public order. It's about public safety. But let's place. How about this? Arguably, the safest place on earth is solitary confinement in a supermax prison. Nobody can get in or out. The only no other prisoners can get to you. The only interactions you have are with the prison guards who feed you food through the little slot in the door. Why don't we just cut to the fucking chase already? And if we're going to ensure everybody's protected and everybody's safe and we're not putting everybody's safety at risk, let's put everybody into solitary confinement in Supermax prison. Well, we haven't got a Supermax prison big enough to house everybody, but we can do solitary confinement. How about that? We'll just put everybody under house arrest. We'll have the military walking around on the street in front of them. Let's just cut to the end game here. <clears throat> Stop fucking around. <clears throat> you know, we're doing the exact same thing that China did, short of welding people up inside their own homes. Remember how we were laughing at China? Remember that? We were laughing at China for locking everybody up inside their own home, welding the doors shut. And here we are just three short months later. And we are a cunt hair away from breaking out the blowtorch. We are a kitten's whisker away from buying the Chinese steel to put over the front of your door. This close. And again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. 
at this point, I think the only real distinction between us and China and whether it's us or the United States, the United Kingdom, doesn't matter. The only real distinction now is the Chinese are, I think, intelligent enough to know that they don't have freedom and we stupidly believe that we still do. That's the only difference I can see in how things are playing out at this point. We still think that we have some kind of freedom and self-determination. The Chinese people know that they don't. So maybe they're ahead of the curve. Maybe they laugh at us. Maybe they look at us and hate and say, look at these silly Westerners. They're living in a fantasy world. They think that they're free. Those idiots. How do we know those aren't the conversations taking place around the Chinese kitchen table at night when you're sitting down for your bowl of rice? Did you hear did you hear about those Australians? Yeah, they're complaining about being locked up in their own homes. <laughs> they think they have freedom. They think they still have some rights. Wow. They really are childish. They really are stupid. They haven't accepted their uh, imprisonment yet. Can you believe that? Wow. Will they ever grow up? If they just accepted the fact that they're prisoners in their own society, then maybe they could learn how to play the piano better and do better maths. Maybe they could figure out, you know, geometry. But unfortunately, they're still they're still confused. They're still self-deluded into thinking that they have freedom. Oh, those, those silly Westerners. When will they ever learn? Now, come along, children. It's time for the 6 o'clock Politburo News Report. We need to sit down and hear about all of the wonderful production items that are being rolled off in Beijing. Things are going swimmingly. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I did have more to get through, but as always is the case on this show, I've run short of time because I do tend to blather on a little bit. So we'll leave it on that note. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of The Daily Boogie. Uh, I'll be back on Friday night. On Friday night, we've got some John McAfee stuff. I do have the latest in mask fashion and I've got a couple of other hot little items. So we'll do some economy stuff as well. And we'll try to have a little bit more fun to, to you know, work your way into the weekend like a stubby thumb into a butthole. I can smell the weekend just around the corner. So we will get to that. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of The Daily Books. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Thank you to everybody who contributed tonight on DLive. Uh, don't forget to follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Later on tonight, you will... <laughs> JJ Stoner, of course. JJ, the thumb crew. Uh, later on tonight, I think you'll have everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. Uh, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Irrational Times. Tomorrow morning... Uh, Way Dave with Lois Ropez, the cart criminal himself. Midday with JJ Stoner, ROTC at 4 o'clock. And then I'm not here tomorrow. I'll be back on Friday, 6 p.m. Don't forget our other friends, uh, Why Censored Kimmy, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, UK Neil, At Real Person, PLTCS, uh, Spent D, Frozen Asian, The Sunday Night Shit Show, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, the evergreen joy of PESI program. So I'll be back on Friday night. Until then, stay calm, stay rational. I'm opening the chest right now. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.